What if everything we were told about how to be happy and to live a successful life was wrong? What if the answers to our questions about how to live fully lay directly within ourselves? Hi, I'm Lisa. I help women just like you heal from their limiting beliefs and step into their power by connecting with their bodies. In this podcast, Evolve or Remain, I teach you how, through your human design, my life coaching skills, and spirituality. The payoff is big, and nothing is more worthwhile than embodying your best self. Let's make big changes together. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. This week, we're going to be talking about boundaries, a really important topic for women, and one that definitely has played a huge role in my life in the last couple years. So I'm curious, what comes up for you when I bring up that word boundaries? Does it make you feel uncomfortable? Does it make you feel empowered? Are you not really sure? In my experience, we as women are shown in society that we're supposed to care for everyone else, right? Our needs come last, and as a result, boundaries inevitably come into question. So I remember when my kids were younger and I would hire a babysitter so I could go get my nails done or go shopping and do something just for me. And I always felt judged. I always felt that people were commenting that wasn't really something that a good mom would do. Anytime women choose to do something for themselves, overdoing something for others, they're seen as less than in the mom department. Moms are praised for being selfless, putting themselves last. Here's what that has really created. A culture where women feel like they cannot speak their mind. When you think about it, women never say what they mean. When they say one thing, they really mean something else. We have to interpret what someone might really be saying by reading between the lines, analyzing every little bit of information that we've gathered from different conversations so we can try to figure out what they were really trying to say. Then, when women really have a true need and actually state it, we are told that we're selfish, we're cold, we're bitches, and we have too many rules and we are now creating distance. So that leads to us pushing this information down deep. We hide our needs and our desires and we go along just to keep the peace. All of our true feelings are shoved down and then one day we can't do it anymore and we reach our limit and explode. This explosion maybe for some looks like an addiction, self-destructive behaviors, blowing up in anger at the other person and eventually cutting them off because we don't really know what to do with all of our feelings and it just becomes incredibly harmful. It continues to teach us that we can't trust the signals that we're feeling. Every time we swallow our true feelings and ignore the signals that are coming up in our bodies, we invalidate what might look to the other person like a small disagreement. Then the next task is to try to find middle ground. Okay, so we want to be likable and still respect our feelings and choices and then still speak them. This is so hard for women to do who are not used to it really hard to find this fine line in the middle. So like I was just saying, woven into all of this talk about boundaries is the concept of niceness versus kindness. And no, they're not the same. First and foremost, 
we must first be kind to ourselves before we can show up with kindness in the world. Niceness is doing things that we don't really want to do, agreeing to things that we don't really agree to so that feathers aren't ruffled, so the peace is kept. This is the pushing it down and the not speaking up, wanting to be likable, saying yes, although you don't really have the time, you don't have the energy, you don't have the money to do it, but you want to be likable and you want to be that yes person just in the effort to be nice. You show up and now you're resentful, begrudgingly, and not your happiest self because you said yes when really you wanted to say no. Kindness makes the effort of treating trust in the relationship. I will tell you where my limits are and then when I'm not able to do something, I will say no in a nice way. And then when I say yes, there's more value, there's more meaning in that yes and it improves the relationship. It's a gift to the relationship when everyone says what they mean. Hello, sounds like a no-brainer, right? Niceness always happens by women to stay safe. And sometimes it's used with men in a strategic fashion. Women have used niceness to blend in, to do everything perfectly, completing all the work on time, not making waves with teachers, coaches, bosses, so that they blend in, they aren't noticed, and in a certain way, they stay safe. Women try to stay invisible, not drawing attention to themselves, not getting in trouble, showing up at all the things and not saying a word, just being malleable, compliant. But think about what all this creates, the blending in, the staying safe, the being quiet. We are eliminating our voices. We are becoming invisible and our voices need to be heard. How can we live aligned, complete, and lives full of purpose when we are staying small. We can't. It's time to begin expressing vulnerability and telling others how they can support us. People aren't mind readers, and I know I used to think that, well, can't you see that I'm angry? You should know. No, ladies, it is not a reasonable expectation that others know how you're feeling. Being vulnerable is the gold. When we state our needs openly, And even with emotion, if that's how it lands, we show the other person how vested we are in our feelings, and this subject really matters to us. We need to speak up and state our truth. It might look like this. I'm actually not okay right now. What I need is for you to just sit with me while I process this, okay? Another example. Can we just take some time so that I can talk through my feelings with you, figure out what I want and need? we must advocate for ourselves. I struggled for a long time with asking for help and letting others help me. And then when I started committing to living more in alignment with my own needs and respecting myself more, as a result, I started asking for what I needed emotionally. And I found that my partner and my friends and family members were open and accepting to this new me. If they ask you what they can do to help, by letting them know what you need and how they can help makes them feel more part of your world and sharing your life together. Stating our truth, being able to speak our emotions to our loved ones strengthens our relationships. It deepens them. We can also create boundaries with ourselves. This happens by taking action and making decisions. Choosing to take care of ourselves by exercising and eating well, for example, When these things become non-negotiable, 
then they are boundaries that we set for ourselves as well. When our boundaries with ourselves and others are gray or fuzzy, we resort to numbing behaviors without even realizing it. Using drugs, alcohol, hiding from others, distancing ourselves. Boundaries create the space before the overwhelm sets in and before the need for numbing behaviors. So it kind of heads it off at the pass, creating that boundary. Before even setting a boundary, we need to check in with ourselves and our bodies. We need to find the space to see how are we feeling? What do we need? There are various ways of doing this. A movement practice of any kind, and then taking some time to check in with our bodies, sit with ourselves in meditation or contemplation. Asking ourselves, how are we feeling? What came up that made me feel this way? There will be anxiety and pain there if a boundary needs to be set. This is our body telling us something's wrong. You need to set that boundary. We need to look at that to determine what we need. As women, we are conditioned that we don't have needs or shouldn't have them and that other people's needs should take the priority. The media, our culture, influence women to believe that they have no needs and that we are selfless. If a boundary is established with someone, for example, saying, I don't appreciate you stopping by without letting me know, and I would appreciate it that if you would call first and give me at least an hour's notice prior to stopping by, okay, we may hear from the person, wow, that sounds rude to me, just because the boundary was established. Often, a limit being set directly to someone will automatically be interpreted as rude. If you share a boundary and someone close to you says, well, that's harsh, then ask yourself, okay, let me look inside and look at what I said. And is there anything that I did that really could have been interpreted as harsh? Was I more harsh than I should have been? Really look at what you did. And if you look at the boundary that said, for example, please call before you come over and give at least an hour's notice, acknowledge the person's disappointment and state that this person's response to your boundary is not your responsibility. Your feelings are not mine to manage. This takes practice and will happen over time, but is so worth the practice. It takes a lot of work to process all the information before sharing publicly as in a boundary like this. Many of us were raised thinking or believing that it was our job to manage other people. We should try to control our environment, not control theirs, right? But in boundary work, we can only control ourselves. Most think that boundaries are controlling and that they're telling other people what to do, but it's really the opposite. Boundaries tell other people what you're willing to do to take responsibility for your own needs and your own feelings and to keep yourself safe and healthy. And boundaries actually are a gift to relationships and they make relationships better. It helps people understand all the benefits of your relationship when each party takes responsibility for how they feel and for their needs. Also, it gives you a sense of empowerment. Many will say, well, what if the person doesn't do what I'm asking or they don't say yes? But no, your boundary cannot depend on someone else. It is only dependent on what you are willing and able to do. Then we know the end result. If the other person isn't able to do it, I know what I can do to preserve that limit for myself without their input. 
It might not always be the end result that you would want, but it is an area in which you have power. So for example, if you're looking for another job or limiting communication with a family member, but it is an area in which you have power. We are programmed and taught to believe as women that it's our responsibility and our job to manage other people. Being given advice about what we should do by close friends and loved ones is difficult with this. Questions from family like, oh, when are you going to have a child? Or if you're trying to lose weight, then maybe you shouldn't be eating that whole plate. Before a family gathering, set a boundary up front. Make a phone call. By the way, when we show up, please don't ask us about our relationship status and when we are going to start a family. Or please don't ask about when we are getting married. Or can we all agree not to discuss politics or religion during the holiday dinner? If the person on the other line family member says yes, great. If they say no, then you may need to set a limit. Okay, I understand. We aren't coming for dinner then, but maybe we'll come for dessert for a little while. In this way, the relationship is still preserved by setting the boundary ahead of time. Perhaps more conversation happens over dinner than dessert, so maybe it would be less likely that the political conversation would happen during dessert. Then if someone comes up unexpectedly and you politely say, oh, I thought we weren't going to talk about politics at dinner, that's your one step where you're giving them a little bit of a warning. If it comes up again and they continue to talk about it, you can say, I'm going to excuse myself for now from the table, and that's your boundary that you're setting, and you keep it. Sometimes to maintain a connection with a family member or close friend, the only recourse you might have is to set a boundary. Maybe I want to maintain a relationship with my brother, and the only way we can do it is if we don't talk about politics. These are options we all have, and instead of distancing ourselves or cutting off from the person, this opportunity to set a boundary and have a conversation with that person is another option. We can set boundaries for ourselves and then only we have to agree. And this can help you to instantly reclaim control. So for example, I'm going to get dressed in my gym clothes first thing every morning and go down into my home gym and see what I feel like doing today. This is a boundary of just showing up. So by just getting dressed, going into the gym, you've already met your goal. Then you might say, oh, okay, I feel like getting on the treadmill. Or maybe some days you'll say, I don't really have that much energy. I'm just going to stretch a little and maybe meditate and maybe that's all for today. But consistency often provides motivation. This is better than being exact and having the higher expectation. I'm going to run six miles or there will always be days you're going to have less energy. And if you don't do the hard workout planned, then we're more likely to be tough on ourselves as a result. Boundaries are a practice, a self-boundary of kindness. Don't punish yourself or be hard on yourself because you weren't up to running the six miles. Look at what happened as a result and what can be changed. Now, in terms of technology, that has created an environment when work can be done all the time. There are less boundaries with people in the workplace. We can do so much from home and many of us work from home and no longer go into the office. And in this way, boundaries are very blurry and there is a lot of work to be done here. People getting texts from bosses during vacation. You need to set boundaries with work. If as a manager and a person can't take vacation and leave for a week, something's wrong. They aren't doing a good job. 
employees going above and beyond without recognition, compensation, acknowledgement is unhealthy and toxic. This makes setting reasonable boundaries feel like we are asking for a lot. There's much pressure for working moms to be superstars at home and work. We all feel like we have to compensate for womanhood to prove that having kids doesn't make us less capable or less worthy in the workplace. If you don't hold a boundary with yourself, it's important to frame self-boundaries from the perspective of the future you. So the future you would have a worse day and more to do if I picked up the phone call from my boss while I'm home playing with the kids after work. So I just want to say this podcast was inspired by a conversation that I heard with Melissa Urban regarding her new book called The Book of Boundaries. In it, she offers hundreds of practice scripts to handle difficult situations. I will link it in the show notes. I work directly with clients to help them determine when boundaries need to be set and how to do it. We first get to the root of why the boundary was not there to begin with and was fuzzy. And then we work on new ways to set boundaries that feel empowered and right for them. So often, women don't realize that there's another way to live, one in which we speak our minds and take care of ourselves. Showing up for yourself is an empowered way of living every day. Remember, you are worthy. You are loved. I'm glad you're here. I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. If this content resonated with you, I would be so appreciative if you would subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you are ready for change, join my free Facebook group, Evolve or Remain, where you can connect with me and begin your journey to your purpose. The payoff is big and nothing is more worthwhile than embodying your best self. The link is ready for you in the show notes. I'll see you next week.